What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Anti Up. Not just another episode of Anti Up. How about the 20th episode? That's right. I don't normally count episodes, but you know, I've got it on the computer file here, and I looked, and so lo and behold, Adam Ronis, it is the 20th episode. I'm Howard Bender, by the way. This is presented by Fantasy Alarm, sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight, and uh, our good friends over here at the Sawdust Podcast Network. Uh, happy 20th anniversary there, Adam. Oh, yes. It's glorious that we made it to episode 20. I was a little concerned if we would. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the sense that they would just cut the podcast off or that you and I would kill each other. A little combination of both. A little combination platter. Well, apparently you're, uh, you, you've you got action that I'm living till I'm 92, so I know that that's not the case. It, it was impossible then. You would never kill me. You don't have it in you to kill me. No, I couldn't do that. I don't think I could kill anyone. Well, I'm right. not going to say we're all I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say anything on that one. <laughs> we always – did it take long to get off the rails. A couple days break and boom, we're back and already uh... – <laughs> Already a train wreck. Well, dude, Let's this this whole get the day, train back on track. This whole day has been kind of a train wreck for me. I'm not gonna lie. You know, we're recording here on Sunday. We're gonna talk about Monday's NBA games. We're gonna give you our uh, thoughts on the uh, on the spreads and those games there. But I mean, you know, the the weekends have really become kind of an overload for me. I mean, it's been it's you know it's crazy because I mean obviously you know listen you single guy. You know, it's 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 easy for you. It's easier for you. I have to oh, kind of balance the I have to balance the wife and the pets. And, you know, we just had a dog who just had, a, you know, a ACL surgery. So I'm trying to balance all that. But I mean, literally trying to like jam in NASCAR. I know you don't care about NASCAR or PGA or, um, you know, the other sports like that. You're all locked in with baseball and and basketball. I'm locked in with baseball. I'm trying to lock in more to basketball as well. But man, you know, MMA, PGA, NASCAR, they're all going on right now. I'm trying to watch baseball games today. You know, that that Cubs-White Sox uh, game. I mean, you Darvish pitched ridiculously beautiful. My pick for the NL Cy Young, by the way, before the year. Was he? Yeah, but right now, Trevor Bauer is probably the guy who leads. But Darvish is not far behind. No, Darvish definitely isn't far behind. I mean, he's looked fantastic. His last, uh, what is it? He's given up three runs in his last four starts. Yeah, his first start was shaky. He's been uh, phenomenal since then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, listen, I dived into the uh, to the pitching coach this morning at, uh, at, at fantasyalarm.com uh, and ended up, uh, you know, Darvish was, you know, the main guy that, you know, I said. I was like, this is just, you know. You can't worry about how hot the bats have been for the White Sox, you know. Except you Jose to... Abreu, who oh, homered oh again. God, that, that dude's insane, right? Yeah. Which I love, which I absolutely love because so many people uh, had been sleeping on him. You know, I kind of feel like Jose Abreu is kind of getting the modern day Paul Canerco treatment in the fantasy kingdom. That like he delivers, and then like you know, even a bad year is still a solid year for him, but people just still forget about him. You know, I mean, that was, you know, the way it always, it always seemed to go with, for Canerco, uh, like, was that just, people you are, just let him go. You're correct on that. Um, Cause I don't think many people realize that in 2019, he had 123 RBIs and hit 33 home runs and batted 284 and has had a hundred RBIs 
in every year he's played except 2018 when he missed games. He played 128 games and had 78 RBIs. So I'm going to assume if he played 155 to 160 like he usually does, he would add 100 that year too. So, uh, But I, I don't have Abreu at all this year, not because I didn't want him. I liked him. I had him ranked pretty high at first base. I know I had him ranked ahead of Anthony Rizzo, who I was not as high on. But it was just the case of, I guess, with first base, uh, I didn't spend up in too many places. Uh, I know in the labor auction. Oh, and, and if I did, it was Matt Olson. That was why. I know I have Matt Olson in everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have him in um, Tower. No, I don't even have him in Tower. I have him in the GST. Uh, labor, I, I didn't spend at first base because I spent on Trout, Betts, DeGrom, and Lindor. So I wound up getting Christian Walker for cheap. But I did like Abreu, and I had him ranked pretty high. I just didn't land him on any of my teams. But you are right. He is absolutely – I mean, think about that. 33 homers, 123 RBIs, 284. And, like, no one was really – he was a fifth, sixth-round pick, yeah. right, in drafts. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, Jose Abreu, fine, I'll take him. People were snagging Reese Hoskins before they were taking Jose Abreu. I didn't – you saw that? I didn't really see that. I don't I'm trying. I'm, okay. I'm exaggerating. Maybe, maybe one league, yeah, but, but it's possible. I mean, it's possible. Hoskins. You know what? To be, you know, drop. let's be fair. We both love Matt Olson. Abreu's probably, when you consider the average, probably Olson has more power upside. Like if you're looking for, like Olson could hit in a full season, could hit 40, 45, maybe 50, considering mm-hmm. what he did last year. But Abreu's probably the more all-around player for the average because I don't think Olsen – Abreu is a career 294 hitter. Olsen's not hitting 294. Now, maybe in a two-month season he can. But to be fair, Abreu was probably the better value. Abreu was definitely the better value. You know, I mean, Olsen was uh, – I mean, he was turning into like a like a fourth-rounder, fifth-rounder in, in a lot of places. I mean, I, I haven't looked at what their ADP. I mean, I can definitely check and see. Olson's ADP was absolutely higher, no question. Oh no, about no, it. I'm not saying that it wasn't, but I can't. I, I don't think it was. It was that much of a disparity, um, is really what I'm I'm thinking about. Let me find. I mean, because look, last year Olson in 127 games, coming off a broken hamate bone where no one hits for power, had 36, 91 RBIs, and batted 267. So the we were looking at it like, wow, he did that in Oakland, tough park. We knew the A's have a good lineup as well. So, yeah, realistically, in a 162-game season, I mean, he could hit 40 to 45, and then I think that's what we were enamored with. But Abreu is more solid across the board when you include average. Now, he's not going to hit for the power that Olsen did, even though he's got more home runs than Olsen now, but we're only dealing with a 30-game sample. But, I mean, we look back on it and probably be like, yeah, I kind of wish I took Abreu two or three rounds later. Yeah. Matt Olson, his ADP was uh, was at sixty point eight. What? No yep. way! Like wait, wait, wait. Six what? zero point eight. I'm looking at no. Yeah. What 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 data is this from? Um, I don't know what date this is from. It's from 60, late July, bro. July twenty second. I saw Olson go in like the fourth round of fifteen well, team maybe leagues. Maybe that's maybe that's you know you doing giving him the Jordan Howard treatment. You know and. I, you start. Well, you're, you're taking them, and you're taking them ahead of everybody. So that was uh, that was over at uh, Bobby Sylvester's old employer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice name drop there. Right here, here you go for um, uh, off of uh, off of those Canadians and fan tracks. Uh, are we allowed to say that? I think we can. They're good people. I like fan tracks. 
Uh, 44.13 is Matt Olson. Yeah, see, that sounds there you more go. like... That's, that's a little closer to what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, um, Jose Abreu at 74.01. So, oh my, we're going to look back at that and be like, that was just thievery, man. I mean, yeah. we knew the White Sox had a really good lineup, but I think you're right. It's just, he's one of those players where it's like, ah, he doesn't really do anything outstanding. Like, see, with Matt Olson, we're enamored with the power because we see 40, 45 home runs. With Abreu, it's just like, all right, he's 30, 100, 280, eh. But that's a solid player across the board. You know, you're getting good average. He's hit over 300 twice. Uh, and just, he plays, too, all the time. He's only, I don't remember what the injury was in 2018, but he's played at least 154 games, 145, and every year he's played except one in, in that 2018 season. So, I guess I should have sold him more before the year. <laughs> we didn't talk about him a lot, I felt. I felt like we just didn't mention him a lot. Well, I think you know, one of the things, I mean, again, we didn't have a regular spring training, so it was really tough to kind of sit there and go off. Like, you know, we were sitting there, and I mean, let's just, let's you know, call it for what it is. Uh, you know, when we were, we, we were doing coverage on Sirius XM, you know, they still have that, you know, all-football mandate. Right. Um, and everything was like predominantly football because of the NFL draft. And, you know, and, you know, and, and every time we were talking about baseball, it was the fact that, you know, the owners and the and the players can't seem to, to come to a, an agreement. We didn't have a, a regular an analytic spring training. We didn't get to really watch these guys in camp and see, you know, who's got their timing and who doesn't have their timing. You know, one of the things that I was talking to, to Jim Bowden about um, on the on the fantasy alarm show was the fact that you know you you were looking for guys who were hot coming in you know from summer camps who were swinging a hot bat then uh, and kind of taking a look at some of those guys and you know the whole thing was was like well how the hell do we even know who's swinging a hot bat at that point like I, like you know I've just been so disconnected from baseball primarily because even the beat writers not allowed in there so. You know, listen. If there was a if there was a year that we missed on Jose Abreu, I mean, again, neither one of us are running the dude nope. down. Right, right, right. No, I, I'm looking at my rankings now. Where do you think I had him ranked at first base? You probably had him like first base. You probably had him like eighth or ninth. Fifth. Fifth. Okay. Yeah. Who's I, your top I, four? I, uh, Bellinger, Freeman, Olson, Alonzo. Bellinger, Freeman, Olson, and Alonzo. Yeah, I had Olsen over Alonzo. I thought Olsen, uh, Alonzo was overvalued. Uh, we were doing the FSGA draft in January in Vegas, and I was doing the broadcast on SiriusXM, and I said, I I don't think he should be going in the second, third round because he it was a rookie year where he hit all that power. He wasn't going to give you average. He strikes out a lot. He wasn't going to steal bases. Like I felt like Olsen was Pete Alonzo two rounds later at that point. Um, but I didn't. I don't. I didn't love Paul Goldschmidt this year, and I don't know. I could be wrong on that. We'll have to see. I mean, it, it, we haven't seen the Cardinals enough. So, and first base was thin. Too. Wait, 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 oh, wait, wait. All right, wait, wait. Before we go on here, your your first base rankings were. Say them one more time. Top five: Bellinger, Freddie yeah. Freeman, Olson, Alonso, Abreu, Goldschmidt. Who was seven, eight, and nine? Who? Give me seven well, through ten. I dropped Rizzo too far because remember this was when Rizzo had the back issue. Uh huh. Uh huh. So uh, I, pro I mean he hasn't he's been okay. But Goldschmidt six, Hoskins seven, 
Josh Bell, eight. Muncie, nine. Rizzo, 10. Interesting. So I my rankings, my top five, Bellinger, Freeman, Olsen, Alonzo, Abreu. Okay, see, so that's the thing is we had a Bray ranked high. I just yeah, yeah. felt like we didn't really I, – I don't I don't have him anywhere. You didn't talk and, him up. You didn't talk him up. Right. And, and every, mean, t- guess, every time you got the opportunity to take Matt Olsen, you were like, I'm taking Matt Olsen. Right, and then if I didn't, then I was waiting and getting Christian Walker, CJ Crone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in the NFBC auction that I did – I'm so mad. I was talking to my partner about our team. <laughs> our team was good, man, and then they – Canceled it. Remember, we did the draft in March, and then they said, "All right, any leagues with Fab, we're we're just gonna." You oh know, yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember. I had oh man, I had Darvish and Maeda and Teoscar Gurriel, Kyle Lewis in the reserve round. Oh, I just I don't even want to talk about it because it would have won. It would have won the whole thing. <laughs> nah, but yeah, first first base was very was very thin this year. Like, so if you didn't get one of the elite, I really didn't like you know, six to 14 range. Cause I felt like people do this in drafts and they do it in fantasy football too. And you should never do it. And we touched upon it a little bit last week with uh, Justin Fensterman's draft where he took Devin Singletary and really didn't like the pick. It was just like, well, mm-hmm. running back run. Don't ever do that. And it's the same thing with first base. And I'm sure people did it this year. They go, Oh, first base, man. I don't have a first baseman. It's getting thin. Uh, let me just grab someone here. Don't do it. Just wait. And there'll be guys later. And we're always going to give you the undervalued guys and the guys to target in a later round. I mean, this year for me was CJ Crone. He got hurt. Voight, Christian Walker, like all those guys. You know, Renato Nunez, I got him in Tout Wars. I love him. You know, they're, they're always players that, yeah, they're not very sexy, but you get them later on. And then you build your strengths at the other positions. Yeah. Hundred percent, man. I'm, I was in the exact same boat. I agree completely with you there. Have you not taken a guy? Um, interesting. I was on Christian Walker as well as being one of those guys who, if you're going to take late, uh, you know, you take late. I was looking at him. I was looking at Yuli Gurriel. I looked at uh, at Luke Voigt. Like those were the guys. Jock Peterson. Um, I was I was all in on Jock Peterson when I thought he was going to the Angels, um, and then I just kind of uh, then I had a hard time letting go of him, even though he was staying with the Dodgers. Like I took him in uh, in NL labor, and I was like, ah, ah, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I was like really psyched because I thought he was going to end up getting dealt, and he never did, and that kind of burned me there. But yeah, listen, I, I get it, man, I get it. Garrett Cooper was going to be a guy who I was liking a lot, like super, super late. I thought he was going to actually land that playing time, and then, <laughs> then he got the COVID. Yeah, <laughs> and it was all over for that. But, oh, man, man, Jose Abreu. Give it a shout-out to Jose Abreu, man. I love it, man. Under Most underrated player, uh, I think, this season. He's not getting enough credit for uh, for the damage that he does. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, the, the White Sox lineup has been really good. Eloy so Jimenez, good. Luis Robert. I mean, Tim Anderson's had a – and I was not a, on Tim Anderson, so uh, he's had a great year. Uh, where'd you rank Fernando Tatis? That's short. Where did I rank Fernando Tatis at short? I will tell you right. I think I had him. I hate when you look back at your rankings and you go, damn, why did I have this guy here? I had him third. Real do it. I had Me him too. Third. Me too. I had him behind Story and Lindor. Yeah, I had Lindor one, Story two, Tatis three. I'm uh, not a Trey Turner guy. Yeah, I put Trey Turner fourth, actually. So did I. Um, Bregman, Gliber, Torres for the top six. Oh, no, I had Gliber 10. I wasn't as high on Gliber as everyone else. But then, because you're a Met fan. 
It has nothing to do with that. Sure, sure it doesn't. Okay, let me find. Although, although I'll tell you what, I was pretty high on Tim Anderson, and I only had him ranked eleventh. I have him thirteenth. <laughs> you know who I thought was uh, a little getting disrespect this year? Manny Machado. Yeah. I got him in Tout Wars. I don't know if I have him anywhere else, but dual eligibility and big contract last year, first year with the Padres. And it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't 32-85-256-334 BP. All right, not great, but he still hit 30 home runs. And that's another guy plays every day. This guy doesn't miss games. Just 2014, he played 82. Every other year, at least 156. And you knew second year. Comfortable with the Padres. Tatis a full year. The lineup they put around him, adding Trent Grisham. Like, I thought Machado was a really nice value, and, you know, he's played well, too. Even running a little bit now. His third stolen base on Sunday. Look at that. Can the knees hold up? Manny Machado. I have been a couple of places. Yeah, and then that was another one of those names that you just saw sliding down. I mean, again, it's, you know, you, you it's so funny sometimes. Uh, when you're dealing with drafts, and yeah, I know hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I, you know, I look at uh, you know, <laughs> like Jonathan VR. I was like, uh, you know, everybody was so into Jonathan VR, and I was like, I ah, he just he's not doing it for me. He's just, yeah, like I had him twelfth, and I didn't even want him. It's just like at a certain point, you're like, okay, where you if you rank him twelfth, and people follow the rankings, they're not getting him. Because he goes earlier than that. I ranked, yeah, I ranked him thirteenth. Yeah, like, it's I just mean, like, all right, well, I kind of, I kind of have to put him a little high because he could get a lot of stolen bases. That was and, that was literally the uh, that and the fact that he was going to be moving to the outfield, which meant playing that every day. He had a he was going to play every day. B he had infield outfield eligibility. You could put him wherever you want. Like I mean, that's why I like you know in, you know inappropriately touch myself to you know having. Uh, Mike Mustakas on my uh, on my roster. You know, it's like second, third, middle, corner. I'll play him everywhere. Shortstop, and we said it before the year, and I did the shortstop preview for Fantasy Alarm when we did the positions. It's insanely deep. I mean, there were so mm. many shortstops I love from 15 and beyond. I mean, Corey Seager, I liked a lot when I'm getting him in a league. Love Dansby Swanson. Was able to get him in a couple leagues. I mean, Didi Gregorius. I mean, there's just so many guys in this range. We haven't even seen Paul DeYoung really play yet. I like him, too. I mean, he just came back. It's just an incredibly deep position. Yeah, Elvis Andrews also hurt right now. Also, he's a guy, if you were looking for stolen bases, that was a dude who was going to just kind of, he was just going to pitch in, you know, 20 stolen bases for you. It's just what he does. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, shortstop was definitely uh, an, an interesting you know, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how deep it is. I mean, do you remember in the, uh, when we were playing fantasy in the nineties and it was like, if, if you didn't have a rod Jeter, uh, Miguel no Tejada or Nomar, you were screwed. You, you, well, you know, you were just waiting until like the 25th round so that you could get like, you know, some light hitting middle infielder who maybe got at bats every day. I mean, it was just, it was never, there was nothing ever exciting at the, about the position. It was the, the, the most top heavy out there. Now you're right. I mean, you can go down. I look at my my rankings here. I mean, Bo Bichette at fifteen, Seagrid oh, seventeen. For what? Bichette, I had higher. Wait, for what? Shortstop? Yeah. Yeah, I loved Bichette this year. Uh, I had him eighth. Ooh. Yeah, I got Bichette. him in TGFBI. I got him in the GDD league that we did. That is a crippling loss, though. You can't replace this guy with what he was doing—the power, the speed, and. 
Oh, that was that. That's brutal, man. Especially middle infielder in a 15 team league. I've uh, been having to play Scott Kingery, and he's just brought my average to like zero. Scott Kingery, boys, that was terrible. That was, that's he's been so hurtful right now. That's he's a guy I was me. on that I've been dead wrong on. Me I can too. tell you that now. Me too. And I've I've owned him every year. And it's Col- you, but Col- COVID's got to be a factor for him, right? He did say when he came back, he wasn't 100. percent Also dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue. I mean, COVID 19 obviously affects everyone differently. Maybe it was a factor because he did have it. Yeah, he did have it. It was probably a factor. He was also moving over to second base full time. So I mean, it was it was yeah, it was the the perfect storm of what you didn't want to happen. You catch COVID in a shortened season. You're moving positions. You got a shoulder problem. Um, you've never, he's never had a, he's never had a home. Like that's, that's the interesting thing is that how many of these young kids, when they bring them up, uh, they move them around and it's just, it's, they've spent so much time focusing on what their defense is going to be like that all of a sudden, you know, they, they come in with a great hit tool, but then they forget everything or just kind of, you know, they're all twisted up in their head about their defense that all of a sudden it doesn't translate to hitting. Yeah. I mean, that's been discussed in the past before and it oh, could I'm be sorry. I'm, am i new i'm new to this I'm, I'm this is my first day on the job okay <laughs> you're doing a hell of a job so far Thank keep it up so much <laughs> <laughs> i was really nervous i was like i'm gonna talk yeah. to adam ronis it definitely sounds like you are a little nervous just wow. calm down it'd be easy you you're, okay. you'll be fine just pretend we're just well, I was going to say we're at a bar, but we can't go to a bar now. I don't. Are bars even open by you? No, not by you, right? Dude, California is on fire right now. All right? They're, they're evacuating people 10 minutes away from my house right now. Are they really? They are, man. If I drove... Are you, how close it, are you to those fires? I'm I mean, about 10 I, minutes it feels away. Like they just, uh, in Half Moon Bay, just south, you know, in the southern part of Half Moon Bay, uh, you know, like south of the Ritz-Carlton, um, it might not be considered Half Moon Bay at that point, but I mean, it's 10 minutes away from my house. I could drive down there. I could be into the fires. Damn, that's crazy. I see like the footage of that. I'm like, that's look, like someone was driving in it and showed footage. I'm like, wow, that is it literally looks like a movie. Like it, it's just so surreal. If you if you drive down Route 1, that's uh, the Pacific Coast Highway, uh, you just go right into it. It's crazy, dude. It's absolutely crazy. My wife's a little on the panicky side. It smells like smoke. I mean, I have, yeah, I have asthma, yeah. so it's not great for me. Um, so obviously, we, you, you know, th- you think you guys are going to have to go at some point? Well, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm all prepared for if we have to go. Like I've got everything. Like I've got like the emergency kit ready, and I've got all the stuff that you know we would need. We just have to wrangle up the animals and put them all into the car. I've got cat carriers all on hand. I've got everything ready to go uh, if something happens. If uh, if it doesn't happen, well, then great. But yeah, I uh, I'm I'm a I'm that guy who when when the shit goes down, you want to be around that guy. Like I get shit done. That's just that's me. That's always the way I've been. When when I go on like fish tour with my friends, I'm the one who like always has the plan. I might you know. Not have like, you know, I, I, my buddy Matt is like the king of directions. But as far as like plans go to like make sure everything happens on time and the way it's supposed to happen, I'm that guy. So now well, you hopefully know. you don't need to resort to that. Hopefully you guys are safe and it doesn't get worse. But 2020, man. 
2020, man. I'm telling you, dude, if I, if I like really poured it out to our audience here, I mean, it'd be hysterical. We're also in the process of putting my mother-in-law into an assisted living facility down in Southern California. This is like 2020 could not get like any worse than it already has. And and I say that probably like every two months or so, and yet it continues to get worse. And so maybe, let's maybe not I forget, just shut the we, hell up. We still have four months to go, including an election. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't. All right, talk back to, back I to don't story. talk politics. I, back, just, oh, I don't either. So I'll tell I you don't. what. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it. We're going we're gonna to give a quick nod to our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. I'm going to thank them profusely for sponsoring this podcast. And here's what I got to say about that. <laughs> do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> Okay, so thank you again, Monkey Knife Fight. Let let us stray away because now um, Adam's gonna have to like deal with some fab bidding for when for for Sunday night. I've already taken care of mine. Thankfully, see, I, I'll tell you what, Adam. Um, I didn't have I had a lot of guys coming off the DL this week, and when that happens, I love it because then I don't have to dig in the waiver wire. Uh, for like you know whatever a flavor of the week kind of thing. I put bids on Tristan McKenzie the Cleveland pitcher, but other than that, didn't really happen that much for me. So now, uh, instead of talking any more baseball, we can shout it out to Jose Abreu, super underrated, and turn to basketball because I know, I know you want to talk about this Clippers-Mavericks series, dude. It's tied 2-2. Luca, Luca, need I say more? Yeah, I think everyone is aware of what happened. Uh, even if you're not a big basketball fan, you must have tuned in or at least seen the highlights. Luka Doncic put on an unbelievable performance against the Clippers. He was a game-time decision. We didn't know if he was going to play. And the line reflected like he probably wasn't when it opened. It was like eight, eight and a half for a bit. And then it started to come down a little bit. And then, of all what was shocking, last second, Chris Stapp's Porzingis was ruled out. So... The Clippers led by 21 in the first half. I'm like, all right, Clippers are back. They're looking good. No Porzingis. And then Dallas just didn't go away. They kept fighting and fighting. And Luka just put up an unbelievable performance. 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, 
shot 18 of 31 from the field, 4 of 10 from three-point range, and then hit the winning shot, a three-pointer in overtime to win it right at the buzzer. 135-133, just a crazy performance by Luka. He was getting stimulation on his ankle when he was sitting on the bench. Uh, I didn't think he would be 100% today, but you couldn't really tell. I mean, he had a couple of air balls on threes where I thought maybe the ankle was an issue, but showed a lot of heart. And this entire Dallas team, you know, without Porzingis, who's their second best player, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., 21, Trey Burke, 10 of 14 from the field, four threes. He had 25 points, 15 from Seth Curry, who's played very well in this series, had a lot of open shots. So, uh, Boban, you know, only played 60 minutes with 10.7 rebounds. Uh, this Dallas team is not afraid of the Clippers. They're showing a lot of heart right now. And uh, all of a sudden, we got a series. Uh, a lot of them have ended. We know Toronto's going to play Boston. Toronto scored 150 against the Nets to eliminate them. Kyle Lowry did go down with an ankle injury. Only played seven minutes. We'll see how serious it is. But Toronto-Boston Toronto going to be a hell of a semifinal Eastern Conference Finals. Semifinals. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and Milwaukee and Miami could clinch on uh, Monday. Wouldn't be surprised if both – well, Milwaukee can't. They're up 2-1. to one. But Miami could put the Pacers away. But we got – I mean, the Clippers, Mavs, must-see TV on Tuesday because we got ourselves a series now. I'm assuming Porzingis comes back. But Paul George has been absolutely abysmal for the Clippers. That's the reason why this series is 2-2. If they get Paul George playing the way he has most of the season – they probably are up 3-1, but he shot 3 of 14 from the field. He's shooting 29% in this series, and it's getting worse. Like, game one wasn't that bad. The last three games have just been abysmal. So he was 10 of 22 in game one, 4 of 17 in game two, 3 of 16 in game three, and 3 of 14 in game four. And it's got to be in his head right now, man. It has to be. There's been a lot of talk about it. Charles Barkley was trashing him. Uh, even when he drove to the basket late in the game today, he missed the easy layup. So they need Paul George to get going. They've been, for, you know, they're able to get by because they have a lot of depth. Lou Williams stepped up, uh, but we haven't really seen Harold get going yet. He missed time. Uh, he didn't play in any of the seeding games because he was out of the bubble. Uh, he only played 17 minutes. So look, they they put up 133. It's just. They couldn't stop Luka. Luka was uh, unbelievable, uh, the talk of the NBA. And uh, can't wait for Tuesday for that game five. Because, uh, you know, I've been saying all along, Clippers are going to win it all. A little nervous right now, man. I was just going to ask you, like, what's your what's your nervous meter I'm at sticking right with now? them. But, you know, the, you know, sometimes you see that story and you kind of see it. And you're like, yeah, this team might have something going here. It's kind of way you feel about Dallas right now. Because think about it, too. Game one, was it game one when Porzingis got ejected? Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Dallas was playing very well up until that point. So if Porzingis plays that game, maybe they win. They win game two by 14. Game three was close. Uh, Clippers pulled that out in the end. And then game four, Dallas really, uh, especially in the second half, I mean, the Clippers were up 21, but Dallas came back, and you kind of had the feeling they were going to win. So... Uh, this easily could be 3-1 Dallas. We, we don't know what would happen if Porzingis finished game one because he got ejected early in the third quarter. So, you know, I, I, I think the Clippers are the better team. But as you know, <laughs> the better team doesn't always win. They're deep. And Patrick Beverly hasn't been playing either. He, he That's a big loss. He's a really good defender. And 
not having him on the court is a problem right now. So we'll see if he's able to go in game five as he's been dealing with a calf injury. But this is must-watch TV on Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, Mavericks and Clippers. That is going to be a game you want to watch, even if you're – you know, me, I know there's a lot of people I don't really like the NBA – don't like the NBA. I mean, you've got Kawhi Leonard and Luka Doncic going head-to-head. And Luka just uh, – just two triple-doubles now in the playoffs here. So mm-hmm. – it was all over social media. You can see the highlights, and uh, everyone's talking about it. Really good look for the NBA right now. I mean, this is a hell of a first-round series where we really haven't had any drama, really, in the first round, especially in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the Eastern Conference is just – there's nothing intriguing. And in the West, uh, we'll see about Rockets, Thunder, and Blazers, Lakers, if those teams can make it a series. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, the Lakers came back and now they're up two one on that uh, on that series. Um, I'll throw the wrinkle in there and I'll you know listen. I'll I'll just just to to throw out the hypothetical here. Paul George doesn't heat up. Beverly doesn't come back. Um, Montrez Harrell gets suspended for racial slurs on the court. Uh, Luca ankle better. Porzingis knee better. Uh, and, uh, and, and Dallas, uh, kind of put something together there. I mean, does that, like, if, if all of that kind of came together there, sort of like a perfect storm, uh, in a two, two series, man, that would definitely make me a little nervous. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look, Dallas, can they win this series? Definitely. I mean, I think they've showed enough already. Uh, they're not feel for of the Clippers. Again, they were down 21 with no Porzingis. They easily could have just said, all right, you know, it's not our day. And they just kept fighting and fighting. And, and every game in this series, I felt that with them. They just kind of don't go away. And, you know, you looked at it and said, ah, oh, they got a really tough matchup in the first round. But I do think, you know, the bubble play in this time off, uh, so that maybe we do get like a surprise champion. Of all years for it to happen, it mm-hmm. would be now in the bubble play, you know. And I think if you look, realistically, the top three teams coming in, Milwaukee, the Lakers and the Clippers, they've all shown that they're vulnerable right now. They, at some point through the seeding games and now in the playoffs, we, we've seen like oh, they're not so dominant that they could be taken out if things break right. And right now the team that's facing the most pressure is the Clippers of those three. They definitely are. They definitely are. Um, let me let me ask you the uh, the unpopular question that really is probably going to get swept under the rug at some point here. Um, but in this era of the uh, of the cancel culture and the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, what we're going on, Montrez, you know, Montrez, Montrez Harrell turns around and uh, and and uses a uh, uh, basically a, a, a an anti-white racial slur. On the court, I know he apologized to Luca before the game started, um, but you know, I mean, does that apology come if you know it wasn't outed by people who thought it to be offensive and a, and a huge double standard? And you know, how does how does the NBA deal with something like this, especially when especially when players are wearing you know anti racist messages on their jerseys? Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's anything's going to happen. Um, you know, he's received some criticism. He talked to Luca before the game. So I don't think anything's going to 
come of it. And I know Doc Rivers spoke about it. And uh, Luca, I guess, was shocked that he needed to reach out. Rivers said they squashed it. So um, I don't think anything's going to come of it. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, listen, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna toe the line of sensitivity here and just say flat out uh, that if it does get swept under the rug, that's a huge double standard, uh, and and people need to take a look at that. I think that just that I'm not trying to like turn this you know culture that we live in into into an even softer culture, but my feeling is respect goes respect is a two way street. All right, you want it, you gotta give it. And, you know, uh, a slip up like that uh, is still something really bad, because if that came from a white player to a black player, okay, it would have been a huge ordeal, a huge ordeal. I mean, you know, do we do we not think do we not think that's a little fucked up? That that it's just going to be swept under the rug like it's OK, it's it's all right. Like are, 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 are white people now so unbelievably sensitive and afraid to to piss people off that they won't even stand up for themselves in a situation like this like that i know i'm like really towing a very fine line here but i mean i just i think it's got to go both ways and if you want it you got to be uh you got to be ready to give it as well as far as respect goes yeah i mean jay williams basically said that um uh, you could read what he said um but he's kind of said that uh, but Luca downplayed it, you know. So I think that's the thing is Luca said, "No worries." There's a lot of emotions on the court, especially this is playoffs. Sometimes you say things you don't want to say. He apologized. I respect that, so no problem. So Luca hasn't made a big deal of it. Um, others have, and uh, it seems like people have moved past it. And even Montrez tweeted that uh, that no one said it, told him to approach him. And he just said nothing but respect for Luca. He understood the heat of the battle and he said it didn't bother him. Only respect. I, hear you. I mean, if we're going to like get it, 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 like, you know how many comments are said that are probably offensive. If we do that, we're going to just get rid of everyone. Cause there's stuff that happens obviously now with no fans and cameras, you can see things, but it's a lot of stuff that's said in the heat of battle. Sure. 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 I, and I, I definitely get that. I definitely get that. <laughs> you know, um, it just it, it doesn't go both ways. And, and you know, it's that, that's that's the that's the issue that I have with it. That's the issue that I have is that, you know. I, that, I, I'll end it there. I'll end it there because, you know, I mean, this is yeah, just, it's not honestly, the, it's I not hate the time and the place shit. for it. I, I, I guess. hate talking about this shit because I think we waste too much time on it. And as society right now, it's just gotten ridiculous. Like every everyone's sensitive to too much shit. Just move on. And that that's the way I feel personally. But right. And you know what? And that's the way I feel about it personally. Also, I do think that. But if if we're going to be living in a time here where it, this is this is what the situation is. Well, then it has to be the same you, for everyone. So what do you want to be done? You want them suspended for the playoffs? Uh, you should suspend them for a game. Nah, I think that's excessive. Well, that's excessive? Yeah. I don't think he should be suspended for a game. If Luca said that to him on the court. I don't think he should be suspended either. Heat of the battle. Anything like that. You don't think the NBA would suspend him? You don't think you'd be crucified in the media right now? 
European white basketball player comes into the NBA, drops the N-word at a player in the heat of battle, and then, you know, wants it swept under the rug because it was just the heat of the battle, and he apologized to him before the game. Like, would that be the way it would go? If he said that saying the N word in white boy is a lot different. Oh, you know what, dude? If he said black boy, I guarantee you that would be equally offensive. I know numerous black people who think the word boy is one of the most derogatory things you can possibly call somebody. I mean, look, would there be outrage of it? Of course. So I'm saying there's just there should just be if there's going to be outrage then it has to be for everybody. If there's not going to be outrage for this situation, then if something were to happen where it was it was a reverse circumstance and the player didn't mean it or whatever, then that player should be allowed the opportunity to apologize for his behavior and then we all just move on from it, right? Well, I'll still tell Luca to say it and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to slide into Luca's DM so I can start a race war. Oh, my God. I Listen, I'm just, you know, again, it's, these, it's, it's something that, that I think is just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a shitty part of our culture right now um, that, that's going on. And, and it's, it's depressing at times. Uh, and, and I just, I, yeah, I, I, have to, I have to say it. I, I just, I, I, can't, I can't just sweep shit under the rug uh, because, you know, Nobody else is talking about, well, why is nobody else talking about? Because it's no big deal? It is a big deal. It is, you know? Well, I mean, Jay Williams talked about it and said similar things that you said. So uh, he's someone who has. Well, there you go. So me and Jay. Me and Jay will go have a beer together and we'll uh, laugh at the world and what kind of a a nuisance it is. Um, He, he, He called out Montrez, so. Good. As he should. As he should. I applaud you, Jay Williams. I'm going to have to, you know, dive deeper in. I'm going to listen to his comments and hear what he had to say. Uh, and I applaud him for for taking that stance. I definitely do. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's talk some NBA uh, point spreads and stuff for Monday's action. They're getting an earlier start uh, on Monday. Hopefully this this uh, this podcast will be out. Uh, by then, I, it should be posted before this, but uh, we'll start off Milwaukee Bucks, Orlando Magic. Uh, Bucks favored by 13 and a half, uh, 226, the over under. Uh, Bucks are <laughs> minus. I, I thought that I was like, wow, only minus 115. Oh, that's minus 1,115 on the money line. Yeah, I, I think the Bucks probably cover this spread again. Uh, they have the last two games. It's been close, though. I think there was almost a backdoor cover. Um, but they won by 14 the last game. They won the other one by 15. So it's been close. So I could see people taking the magic. But I don't know if Aaron Gordon's going to be back. And uh, I just think game one was an aberration. So uh, if I was to make a play in this game, it would be Milwaukee. But I usually don't like laying that many points. Uh, I did a couple times with Toronto against the Nets, including game four. But um, I I think Milwaukee wins the next two games. Okay. All right. So if we're going to parlay, we'll just kind of hold that money line intact there. Yes. Uh, Houston, Oklahoma City. uh, Rockets favored by three and a half. 219 and a half is the over under. 
Rockets are a minus 155 money line favorite in this one, plus 130 for the Thunder. Is is Westbrook even coming back this series? Uh, it doesn't – well, I don't know about – depends, I guess, how far it goes. But um, he, I think, has been ruled out for this game. Um, but he could be back potentially in the series. Um, I like the Thunder in this game, getting the three points. I don't know if they win. Uh, but I like the response they had in game three. I was on them in game three, getting two and a half. Uh, it kind of gave me heart palpitations with the way they played <laughs> in regulation. And in overtime, Harden fouled out in overtime. Uh, but, you know, they're finally getting good play out of Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Dennis Schroeder. Steven Adams got banged up in this game. But I don't think it'll be an issue if he sits out because, you know, he kind of slows things down and Houston plays small anyway. Um and the thing with the Rockets is I hate betting against them because they hit they take so many threes. And if they, they're on, they're just so tough. And, you know, Harden didn't even play great the first two games. He had a big game three. And uh, they they shot 30% from three-point range. So that's my concern with them is they're going to take a ton of threes. And if they're not hitting them, it kind of slows down the offense. So I think the Thunder get back in this series. So I'm going to take them getting the three. Okay, three and a half actually here. Yeah, give me. I'll take them getting three and a half. Then. Gotta love that extra hook, baby. The extra hook, always nice. Um, all right, Indiana against Miami. Miami uh, could close this series out. Lickety split. They're a six and a half point favorite. Over under a two sixteen and a half. Uh, the Heat are a minus two forty money line favorite. Plus one ninety five for the Pacers. Uh, you think the Heat put them away? End of story. Yeah, I do. I think they're the better team. Indiana, not the same without DeMontis Sabonis. Jimmy Butler despises T.J. Warren. They've had some wars this year. Uh, the Heat have won you know, by 9, 12, and 9. And we've seen it on Sunday. These teams down 3-0, they kind of want to go home. Philly was competitive for a bit, and then they just got dusted in the second half. Uh, we saw the same with the Nets, who were just clearly overmatched. I give the Nets a ton of credit uh, for playing as well as they did in the bubble. And they had wins over the Clippers, the Bucks. They gave Portland everything they had. Uh, Toronto's just a superior team, so uh, I give the Nets a lot of credit. They didn't quit. They were clearly undermanned. Uh, but I think the Heat take care of business uh, and send the Pacers home and cover the spread. All right, beautiful. Love that. And the last game of the night, Lakers trailblazers lakers now a seven and a half point favorite 224 and a half is the over under lakers are a strong th- minus 315 on the money line favorite here plus 260 for uh for portland oh what's going on with the blazers i mean you know anthony davis kicks damian lillard in the hand dislocates his finger that's all over for the blazers now nah lillard had a good game and played well <laughs> I know, i'm just kidding I just look it the, the we have not seen the Blazers look like this offensively in a long time. They were consistently scoring 120 and even the last several games 134 points. And now they come to the Lakers even game 1 when they won and I said this at the time. They did not play well. I said it. You tell me Portland scored 100 points against the Lakers. I'm like, "All right, they're losing by 15." They're not winning that game. And they won game 1 100 to 93. They scored 88 points in game 2 when they got blown out. And last game they scored 108. I mean, that's not the Portland team that we're accustomed to seeing. So they're having a a difficult time offensively. And the Lakers went to the free throw line 43 times in game three. And we're not good. 
And Portland's not getting the free throw line. So Portland's not getting easy baskets because uh, they're shooting so much from the outside. C.J. McCollum's a guy that just doesn't get to the free throw line enough. Uh, they went to the free throw line only 19 times. Uh, but I think Portland will keep this close. Uh, so I'm going to take the points. It's a little scary to do so. Uh, but Portland has shown a lot of fight all year long. We know the heart that Damian Lillard has. And uh, I could see Lillard having like a 35, 40-point game keeping his team in it. I mean, they got a good game from Carmelo Anthony last game and still lost by, you know, Melo scored, uh, I think, 20 in that game. And uh, McCollum even had a big game after struggling the first two at 28. Uh, but Nurkic was quiet, only 10, and he had five fouls. And that's the problem is they can't slow Anthony Davis down. And if Davis and LeBron have big games, they need to in order for the Lakers to win. And they just got to get a little contribution from two other guys. And they got Caldwell Pope to give them 13 and Caruso to give them 10. They didn't even get anything from Kuzma um, or anyone else in that game. Uh, and they shot a little bit better from three the last couple games. But, yeah, Portland's just struggling to score right now. And they got, you know, they hit their free throws. They're 18 and 19 from the free throw line. The Lakers went there 43 times and only hit 28. So that game could have been much, much worse. As uh, someone who had the over 224, <laughs> it was 224, the final. And when you see the Lakers miss 15 free throws, you're like, yep. You just hit one more free throw and uh, it's over. But So I, I, I'm going to think, I think Portland makes this a game here and keeps it close. Okay, so they may or may not win, but you know, the, getting the seven and a half makes you comfortable. I didn't say comfortable. It's just where I'm leaning right now. But I'll make I'll make the final decisions. Wageralarm.com. Check that out tomorrow because these are like the early looks. And sometimes I do a little more more digging and things. And you know, sometimes like there's been a couple of lines like to me that I'm like, wow, like the over under. Sometimes, like the over under today for Boston Sixers. It was 213. I'm like, come on, man. That's going over. Now, it barely did, but it went 216. But some of these over-unders, they they don't react uh, appropriately. Um, like the Heat Pacers the other day, I'm like, that they brought it down to like 212. I'm like, that's going over. And it was 239. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, even Lakers Blazers, that opened pretty high and they brought it down to 224. And I'm like, oh, that th- this is going to be a game where both teams score. And even though it was a push, uh, I guess uh, I expected more out of Portland. 108 was not enough. So, yeah, sometimes I'll look at things and I'll see the lines and where they move. I'm like, wait, this is this is not right. Uh, so I might make a change or two. So just check out wageralarm.com for the final picks, the official picks on Monday. There you go. Spoken like a true gambler. Wait until the after the early look is done. Don't just put it all in right now on these Check in with wageralarm.com tomorrow and find out the rest of Adam Ronis's best bets. That's going to do it for us here today on Anti Up. Thanks so much uh, again for all you guys listening and subscribing. We really appreciate that. A lot of kind words being thrown around. Thank you. Um, Big thanks to Sawdust Podcast Network for helping this make this possible. Fantasy Alarm. Um, Obviously, uh, our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. I just got to give a quick shout out to uh, to Shannon Blunt also, uh, who does uh, you know the editing work for us uh, and, and kind of takes care of uh, mine Adams on the uh, on the technical side because uh, we're just no good at it. So I want to give a shout out to her as well. Uh, and then yeah, thanks so much everybody. Appreciate you guys tuning in. This has been Howard Bender for Adam Ronis. We'll catch you next time.